0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I'm your pal Sean Siriani. And we, like always, have a wonderful interview for you today. Today on the show, I am joined with Johannes. He is the frontman of the Swedish heavy metal band Avatar. And if you've never heard of Avatar, oh, I don't even know how to explain this. Um They're an absolute spectacle Um, beyond the music um, from their videos. Totally epic. And they even a couple years ago released a short film you can watch on YouTube called Legend of Avatar Country. There's so much I can say about this band. I just appreciate it. And I believe I mentioned in the interview, they kind of sound like a celebration of the best sounds of heavy metal and hard rock. And all that is in between. And yes, this interview was recorded a handful of months ago. Right before we did the relaunch, you may notice a handful of these interviews that have been coming out have been a few months old. And yeah, it's just because my relaunch got way too ambitious. But yeah, I want to mention too, since this interview has been released, the band Avatar has also released their latest album, which we talk about, Hunter Gatherer. It's out now to purchase and also on all streaming platforms. And also, if you're listening to this right now, you notice I mentioned the YouTube channel, it's brand new. If you wanna do me a solid, and go over there and hit subscribe, And if you like watching interviews, um, you can check these out all there. We've been recording everything from now on with video and trying to give it a consistent and solid presentation for you guys as well. But yeah, we also realize that having your YouTube app open isn't always ideal all the time if you're at the gym, on a commute, or whatever. So these episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else you may be listening to them... They are not going away. They are going to be released on the regular. Also, before we get into this interview, we got to shout out our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by The Meat Shop in Niagara Falls, Ontario. And The Meat Shop is the absolute best butcher shop in southern Ontario. And that's not just me being biased because I go there. I enjoy it. But um, you can look on like Google Review right now. There's it says there's 64 reviews and almost every one of the reviews are five stars out of five. So the meat shop, it is located at 4725 Dorchester Road in Niagara Falls, uh, Canada. And they got everything. I know the weather's about to get shitty. You guys are going to want to get a couple more barbecues in. And I'm telling you, you, if you if you need some steaks, some chicken, some sausages, anything, you got to go check out the meat shop in Niagara Falls, Ontario. And all the staff is just wonderful. And they've actually been doing something really cool too, even uh, creating pet food. And this is taking the city of Niagara Falls by storm. They have been making some of the freshest dog food you can buy. And there is so much demand. It is actually becoming a hard thing for them to keep up with all the customers who want this dog food. So, yeah, um, believe the hype. And if you're in the Niagara Falls area and you're not a vegan, hop into the meat shop and tell Fred that we sent you. All right. So thanks to the meat shop for helping us out, helping us keep the lights on here. And speaking of also the biggest thank you. To those who have joined the brand new Patreon page as well, Ola Mazooka, the first one. She also runs an amazing podcast called The Fold. Definitely check it out if you're into like some conscious conversations. I plugged it last episode in the intro, and like I said then and like I'll say now, it always gives me a boost of energy and inspiration, and it's just great talks. And also a big shout out to our co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin at Hopkin Design. Beyond being an incredible graphic designer, he is also a historian. So check out the Hopkin Design Facebook page. I also believe he's on Instagram. Or just type it into Google. And uh, yeah, his work is just amazing from refurbishing really old uh, photos and having like a story attached to it and even uh, doing comparisons of What the city looks like now to how it does back in the day and like seamlessly like transitioning oh man he's he's amazing at what he does so yeah definitely check out hopkin design and i believe that's all i gotta say for the intro we're gonna get into this heavy metal talk i'm excited to share this episode with you and without further ado here's johannes from avatar coming at you right now hello how are you oh really good how are you doing today man
1: i'm good i'm really good you got me fresh out of the shower i know you can't get you don't get it from there but i smell real nice
0: <laughs> oh yeah <it's>, uh, <laughs> that's that's awesome man um what time is it where you're at right now uh
1: 8 p.m 8 p.m Oh, you, okay where are you at
0: i'm in toronto right now it's about uh, 1 p.m here And uh, yeah, exciting day for you, man. Um, I guess in three hours, you got a new single dropping or uh, a video? Yeah,
1: so it seems new song, a new video with that song. And (laughs) I was just now on my way into the shower thinking about it. Like, I should probably be excited. (laughs) You know, I'm glad. I'm happy. I'm looking forward to it. But I think it's just this. And I'm sure you have heard different versions of this from different artists. This just you have that excitement of, you know, the, I think the big peak is the conception of the song and and then it's when we get to do it on stage and it's yeah. uh, great too, you know, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing having people get to get to see it, you know, but it also means that we're done working on this particular thing, so I don't know, it's weird.
0: Yeah, I can even imagine in your position too because Part of what makes Avatar so special is the whole spectacle of it from from like just being on stage and the live performance and everything, and it's just such a interesting, weird time right now where uh, the people can't experience that, and you yourself as a performer can't be out there in front of people at the moment, but uh, how are you uh, feeling right now through all this?
1: Ultimately, I'm feeling good, you know, yeah Um, We are kind of locked down here my wife my dog and I but I like my wife and I like my dog so it's (laughs) it'd be worse and we are healthy and uh, And and all, all that, you know, so Yes, I would like to tour this fall as we originally had planned. Yes, I would but in the grand scheme of things my parents my in-laws are healthy my siblings are doing well all those things that truly matters are still fine right now we are still able we are still paying our rent and you know feeding ourselves uh so in the grand scheme of things we're doing really well and then you have parts of days or sometimes full days where you get more cabin fever Mm -hmm. then luckily we happen to live in a you know it's real pretty where we live especially now during the summer and the dog drags us out uh, you know no matter no matter what and so you know the healing powers of nature oh yeah, this, man. yeah you know there's something to but you're, you're Canadian you, you understand
0: yeah for sure too but um, even like now I'm in the city and uh, like you said the healing power of nature um, Almost the schedule I had was so busy with work-wise and everything before this whole lockdown. And just uh, right now, I've been exploring. Even this morning, I found some like nature trails around there. <laughs> and like, I just like my mindset's been like healthier. <laughs> like it's it's a sad thing that uh, people are getting sick right now. But I think uh, for myself, I kind of needed this downtime. But uh...
1: yeah, although for here at home in in our apartment, there is no downtime. We are both very able to to do a lot of work from home you know like yeah i don't get to tour this fall but somehow we were able to come up with and make a music video happen with me here you know i had to film my parts in uh, the living room i'm sitting in right now and and pull off an idea where it will you know work and make you know be good enough and stand up to In a fight uh, if it would have to battle our older music videos and we were able to pull that up for instance, but There's just a lot of work we can do
0: Yeah, definitely especially with the way technology is today and everything we're kind of blessed But uh, yeah, I seen like a little snippet of the video looks awesome. I'm excited to tune in in a couple hours and everything
1: Yeah, it's gonna be good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of Actually, um, for like the last couple of years, um, I think I heard about you guys a little bit after Avatar Country came out, and um, like uh, I, I feel like I'm almost getting so bombarded with uh, media. Uh, I remember seeing you guys on like all these different metal sites and stuff, but I haven't actually took the deep dive until this week, and I want to say it was just like... One of the most enjoyable experiences I had preparing for an interview. Um, just um, the whole band, the vibe is so fun and um, just exciting. Even this morning, I ended up watching The the Legend of Avatar Country. And yeah. just like in these times, it was so nice to get my mind off things and just almost explore this other world that uh, you guys created. And uh yeah, I just want I would just want to commend you on like I don't know this big uh structure you have built, but it also makes me so curious of maybe uh your beginning times of like diving into music. Uh can I ask you like uh maybe like growing up like what were like some of the bands or like um artists that kind of uh, pushed you towards this direction or like kind of give you that big uh music stimulation?
1: Uh, that predates uh, uh, me music was in my life way before metal mm-hmm. and way before like I, one of my earlier memories and definitely first time that I like at some point I was at an age you know where I like this I want to listen to that to this was Beethoven through my parents list being into classical music that would be the you know uh, the albums put on when we would have breakfasts in the weekends or whatever, you know, and, and I would, one of the first jobs I wanted to, what I wanted to be when I grew up was to be a conductor. Like we had this big, some kind of, you know, big book about music and somewhere, you know, the centerfold, so to speak was, uh, just how the, the mapped out uh, symphony orchestra. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that picture, and then listening to the Fifth Symphony or parts of the Fifth Symphony, I think we had a CD, The Best of Beethoven. And, and listening to that and seeing the conductor there and probably having seen something on TV. So, and I guess as, then as, at that age, cause I'm like four or five or something, Probably five, because I was also playing conductor in front of my little sister, who was a baby. So can't have been older than five. Uh, I think that in my mind, it was like Bugs Bunny that if you wave the arm like that, the orchestra immediately knows what to do. <laughs> Meaning it would be like performing music, like like composing, I guess, more than a conductor. That I thought the conductor was a composer, probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or almost like psychically, just like moving his hands, and everybody knows what to do. Type exactly. Of thing. Yeah.
1: Like I didn't know know how it worked beyond that. Uh, so I think it was already heading that direction from a very early age. If I think back at it, then I same thing when I was around eight, like, yeah, second grade. I became friends with another uh, boy in class. And on their computer at home, they had uh, a MIDI s- score program. Like you could write sheet music and it would play it up in MIDI, which blew my mind. And by then, I had already started to take piano lessons with my siblings. So I could read music. So that was a pastime. Like there was something we played between, we didn't have G.I. Joes, but you know, you're and in, in spirits <laughs> yeah and video games another thing we played was to be to compose together wow yeah. you don't need to say wow per se because it wasn't something it it wasn't mozart stuff or anything like that but well, it was, of course. was
0: a, it's, it's the beginning seed of everything
1: yeah it was there very early on and then so aside from that getting that relationship to making music stuff I liked that also, put me on this path was probably Michael Jackson early on. Of mm-hmm. course, like I was, I guess, five when Dangerous came out. So, the black and white music video and all that. And whatever channel we had, we would play Moonwalker. And I was at an age where that seemed like a good movie. And uh, it's yeah. kind of-
0: mecca Michael Jackson. I remember the robot part. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Amazon Country actually does make slightly more sense. Uh, slightly but you know so it was that and the beatles came into the picture very early through my dad um, who grew up on those things and then it was then another half of it was pro wrestling
0: oh cool i was actually gonna ask you about the pro wrestling uh, with your makeup later on but uh, yeah <laughs> no but
1: it, you know they, it was shown with swedish commentary they you know imported some segments from shows i don't even know how it works how it worked but uh, it was you know it was on saturday mornings after the cartoons for a while there they showed wrestling and then as i got older i find other channels and we got a satellite dish and whatever to so start to find it elsewhere but that thing of i think wrestling At that age gave me kind of what metal lady gave me like this expression this super reality Mm, you know this super realism it's it's the real word. there were real life superheroes so it was larger than life but yet it was real and it really happens which is also a way to describe an Yngwie Malmsteen guitar solo or whatever Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah so all those scenes kind of were planted
1: and then then it all came together i guess with metal and I stopped cutting my hair, (laughs) pretty much literally, because I heard uh, Halloween and Keep Pro Seven Keys part two. And very early in my discovery of heavy metal, I fell in love with the earlier, the early stuff. And I was also around, at at the time when I started to discover, you know, heavy music was at the time where Black Sabbath reunited, so I guess that made them kind of accessible you know for a 11 12 year old whatever i was so sabbath beatles german power metal bands such as halloween blind guardian and then with 13 no 14 the journey into the extreme began as you know as it does Cool, cool. Chase the Dragon, and uh, suddenly you listen to Grindcore.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly my story, too. It's just like once I hit 14, it's like, okay, and then it gets heavier and heavier. And heavier. Exactly. And all of a sudden, you're just listening to some, this. sounds like noise, but you can comprehend it, but you can't really play it at a party. Exactly. <laughs> and
1: Pivotal Band, you being Canadian and all was Cryptopsy.
0: Oh, yeah still, yeah.
1: still a huge influence on the band.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're crazy. Legendary. So it's cool to hear that the seed of music and even writing has always been with you since almost, like, one of your earliest memories.
1: Yeah, I should have, be- have become
0: much better by the age I at now, I guess. <laughs> 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 oh, you're great, but uh, just, like, um, I, wa- I want to know also, like, uh, when did you transition from just kind of writing for fun to finally, like... Uh, Like kind of forming a band or playing on stage in front of people.
1: Well, so so I learned. So I had a piano teacher from between the ages of something like five until I was maybe eight or nine. Then I started. I was playing the trombone from I was ten to eighteen, and picked up the guitar when I was twelve, probably. And that all gave me. I was you know, then it was whatever things at school or parents coming or whatever. Those things put me on stage before it felt like being put on stage, you know, Mm -hmm. and on top of that, first time I, I was supposed to play some bass with some other fellow metalhead friends in school. I didn't have a bass and no one else wanted to sing. So I became a singer and we we covered, we played Suicide Solution. We played uh, TNT and Living After Midnight, that, that, that kind of heavy metal stuff. Uh, I think we reached nine covers. The last one we learned uh, before that all fizzled out was "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Oh yeah, I guess. And around that time, I joined another band where we immediately were jamming and writing, and it was what it was for that age and stuff. But it was cool, like to come up with songs on the spot with other people, the way we did there. And I was also tricked into singing. I was supposed to play some guitar and trombone. It was some kind of funk band. I hadn't really, you know, I was totally into metal, but I hadn't found the like-minded souls quite yet. But those guys in that funk band introduced me to John. And, uh, and uh, you know, suddenly I left, it. long story short, I left that band and stayed with Avatar because there everything clicked early on. Like, okay, yeah, we want to do metal. We want to figure out you know drummers gonna learn to play really fast double bass drum and the guitarists are working on tapping and down strokes and i'm just screaming my lungs out and that's what we want to do we were all equally ambitious and from day one there was no doubt not that we we, we weren't good but we knew we were going to be you know mm-hmm. that that spark yeah. was lit
0: yeah yeah just the intention and the vision of what you wanted it to be was there and it's just all the now it's more, like, intent, more intention. It yeah more
1: intention than vision you know yeah it was some some general sense that we're gonna make it and what it was who knew you know like i said you know that pre-pubescence, you know you see boobs but you're not quite mature enough to process what you're <laughs> yeah. really feeling it's like this is i egg. want i want <laughs> what do you want i don't know yet no we haven't started that class yet <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sense, uh, uh, but with that we gotta make it. What is it? Like, yeah, I want to be big, like Metallic and uh, our Maiden or something. And uh, but you want to play death metal, and you know, it was, yeah, nice. yeah. it was all over the place, but very ambitious. Started to um, started to rehearse with the lights out. John had a metronome in his ear so we could play the songs from half tempo, 10 steps up to the full tempo, lights out so you couldn't, which was great for them because that would teach them not to look at their instruments Ah. while playing uh, as you could headbang more and stuff.
0: That's a great exercise. Uh,
1: Yeah, singing in half tempo in a dark room I, I fell asleep on occasion I did. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny actually that I heard some podcasting with Nikki Låkefeldt from Opeth and he mentioned if I remember they did the same thing in the early days lights out because looking at your instrument is considered cheating
0: oh wow and they, they do crazy stuff like just all these nutty patterns too like. That's they
1: impressive. Do look, but so do we nowadays you're allowed to look a little bit at your instruments but then the beginning, again, was important, very important, not to. Yeah,
0: well, that's a great exercise, and like, uh, yeah, it's it's cool, like, cause I, I know like um with these segments too, a lot of people like to, uh, or who message me too are kind of like artists themselves, and like that's something maybe they can take with them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, it's, no, it's the-
1: a good thing, and also the whole thing that we, cause it was that was I guess might have come from Simon when he was still in the band. He was the last one to join, like there was something called Avatar before. Like I think John and Jonas had a band that they disbanded and then started Avatar, meaning got rid of that, the guys kept the rehearsal room. And it was in that process that I joined. Then we had some guys coming and going, but we were just playing covers then as well. Uh, Camel Corpse, Vader, Halloween and everything in between. Uh, Around the time when we started to write original material for real, was uh, and the song started to be like, hmm, this is actually getting good. Uh, then Hendrik and Simon were already bad, and I think it was Simon who said, you know, when I practice shredding I take a metronome and I play it in multiple steps from half tempo, and I think it came from him. And we started to do that collectively. And yeah, you want to bash, you want to you know, slam your head against the wall after a while. But man, I think we fast forwarded our uh, uh, as a band, or how we evolved, uh, just playing wise in a short period of time.
0: Yeah, just really like stepping out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, and just you know, just the half tempo thing to really be conscious of what it is you're actually doing, and uh, and in that sense, yeah, we evolved very fast from that in that period.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool to hear. Uh, like the music side of everything, and I kind of want to get into the whole spectacle of things. Like, when did you start? Like, I don't know, maybe thinking of this idea. that like Avatar is gonna be more than just the sounds we make, and like maybe like Do you remember the first time you have started putting on makeup and everything? Well, the eyeliner
1: showed up early, and felt like a big deal at the time to, you know, and girl, girlfriends would help us draw and we were terrified, don't poke our eyes out. Yeah. How do you girls do this all the time? You're crazy. <laughs> you know, that kind of, that was early on. and I can't put a date on when, I, I know we start, we were looking for something. We wanted something or very early on, but we had no idea what. And that went hand in hand with that ultimately, if you're going to do something, you know, well, like this, the way we treat it, uh, that has worked for us is once we realized that an image, it doesn't just have to be an image, you know, and a music video doesn't just have to be a promo promotional tool. You know, once you realize that everything around the music can be art as well, it started to click and you start to ask yourself the right question, you know, um, what does the music look like? Which is at some point was incredibly abstract and definitely if someone would have asked us to think about that when we were teenagers, you know, the question is too complicated to even understand for you to find an answer, I guess, but that started to grow and it was really with, with black walls where all the face painting and all that started where that was happening first, just to, Makes have my presence make sense in the music video we were putting together, uh, very spontaneously, and uh, and but then it just it just clicked and it made sense with everything else. We it just felt like oh I look the way we sound now.
0: I just want to take a quick second to let you know this interview was recorded a few months ago, and actually as of now the latest album from avatar hunter gatherer it is out and is on all streaming platforms all right so go do yourself a favor check that out and also check out their short film on youtube avatar country you won't be disappointed that's my recommendation it's a lot of fun and yeah before we get back into this let's let this play for a little second guys uh have so many different sounds all mixed into one it's almost like this combination of uh just a celebration of the best of rock and metal and uh like uh just listening to your music uh this past week and diving deep into like your catalog too it's like i hear a little bit of like acdc here i hear, I hear a, a little bit, yeah. bit of like the heavier bands and like it's all, even though it's like all over the place, it kind of like it fits, in. uh, oh, it almost reminds me a bit of uh, another Canadian guy, uh, Devin Townsend. We
1: huge here. fan. Uh, we are huge fans, especially I am a mega fan, but we all are all fans. He actually, the craziest thing last year, he went toured with us. He opened for us. Oh, cool! cool. Uh, and that came together well. He did a stretch of acoustic shows uh, right after he finished Genesis, and and that put him in a position where it made sense for him to you know open for us, <laughs> which was great. Like again, I'm a huge fan, and he's a really really great guy and and a very fun guy to be around. uh it was just at the first show mm-hmm. where anyway got the premiere nerves a bit. Uh, but I was fine while changed. I was changing, started to paint my face. Then the pastor started to warm up, his voice, and I had I had all been thinking, oh, it's going to be so cool travel over north across North America with Devin. and you know we had met a little bit before that and got along pretty well, so this is going to be awesome. And I haven't thought about that guy the fact that I have to as a singer follow him on stage every night for a month, <laughs> uh, which was. I got over it but it was as a you know as the fanboy I tried to pretend not to be too much in his presence it was a bit you know it 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 made me step up my game I guess
0: yeah like um even like I'm not a singer myself but like it could to hear him and his pipes are just so unreal and I've even, even seen some uh, YouTube videos of uh, reactions from vocal coaches and stuff yeah, and they're like true. what is this guy an alien? And I'm like yeah that's Devin Townsend, he's an alien pretty much. But. I think There's a
1: pinnacle to go deep dive and geek out on it. On the album Accelerated Evolution there's a sequence towards the end of the song, a Storm right? That And because the verses have been very mellow up until that point. He sings, "If you wanted to, say you wanted to, if you wanted to save the world." And then the last verse kind of half thing leading into the last chorus and all that. He does that with that scream voice and that ultra smooth transition from that "I can't do," you know. Yeah, yeah, his. Signature. If I would try for real, it would be louder. But how the melody is maintained through all those changes, you know, and. That is, that is just, and that came out again. I was maybe seventeen or something. Had been a fan for a couple of years already, but that, how, how, and, and like became this. That is one of those things I aspire to. There are a couple of those, also like Pietro Dolving and Marco Aro for uh, different reasons. But I'm a huge fan of both as they sang in The Haunted at different times but Peter Dolving was also this great transitions
0: you know yeah, between
1: know. the extreme when it did not when it really with some singers when it stopped mattering if it was very harsh and extreme or melodic it was just all intertwined somehow uh, was very important to me and a huge inspiration.
0: yeah that's, that's really cool to hear in, uh, and yeah, I can imagine like you guys and Devin getting along too, because you both have great, like, glowing, like, sense of humors to <laughs> like uh, your personalities and everything. And uh, yeah, speaking of that too, uh, as this morning I watched the Legend of Avatar Country, and and like I mentioned, like it just put like a huge smile on my face. And um, so, was this always in mind to make the film? like to coincide with uh, the album
1: yeah it started we knew very early on we wanted to make a music video for each song or at least the conventional because that album then it has that interlude it has the orchestral intro like it has some moving pieces that aren't conventional songs but for the conventional songs we wanted a music video for each it started with that and we made a storyline for it then the ambition grew as we were working on it that it would be cool to fill in the blanks in between if possible but then of course like we were able to squeeze out money from labels for them to back us doing three music videos which is already a lot and but then we're at least three more songs to go hence the kickstarter campaign and with the kickstarter campaign and the great response we got on it that made it possible to then fill in the blanks in between and you know really go deeper on a story that made makes sense to Basically it's us and our backers. And everyone else who gets something out of it is a great bonus. Yeah. But we really while making it and talking about, well, this is gonna be when Johannes flies and reads the mind of John and, and this. I said, No one's gonna get this. No one <laughs> this is this is the in terms of focus groups, this this film is only for the focus group. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, it's it's amazing too. And even um I noticed too uh when the credits were coming up, you, you credited all like your backers and stuff and you had like different tiers and cool names for them, like the, the count. Yeah, out, like exactly. The they got to choose
1: uh, a bit also what to call themselves and things like yeah, that. Yeah, was that really nice. Big. Yeah, and it was a great summary for what Avatar Country ended up being because ultimately, we, in the middle of everything else we've been doing, we already with Feathers and Flesh, not while writing it, but kind of when touring it and things that started to happen along the way, a lot of humor start to seep in in whatever we were doing also like if people want us to dress cool for a red carpet for an award show we should have been swim shorts and three wolf moon t-shirts and whatever and we just started to w- use humor as a weapon to not not wanting yeah. to conform and stuff had, like it was a whole thing going on yeah. and uh and i think that kind of inclination that we were pulling more and more towards wanting to do, try to do something funny, and also we spent a year listening to Manowar's Hail and Kill before each show. Nice. <laughs> so this kind of love letter to heavy metal, and and trying, wanting to just see, can we be funny? Well, it's funny to us, so so you know, fuck it, let's do it. Uh, that came together being ultimately based on an inside joke because Jonas was the king because he changed his middle name on Facebook to Kungen, which is Swedish for the king, and uh, to annoy his friends. And it worked, but it also caught on as a nickname. And with the nickname came all these inside jokes behavior where he would, we would treat him like a king, you know, to, <laughs> as a, just one of those silly things you would do on the road to crack each other up. And to and and ultimately that bizarrely grew into like we made a whole album about it and basically (laughs) lyrics that are obsessive love songs putting my buddy Jonas on a pedestal,
0: you know it's it's crazy. This is making me love it even more. Like it's like I I, I got the story where he's like the king and then there's all these uh, heavy metal deities like yeah. <laughs> watching over the earth and everything. But now yeah. just, uh, hearing the seed of this comes from him changing his Facebook name makes me yeah. like appreciate that like cause th- this turned into like the most epic thing off of that. Like Yeah, and, and the
1: thing, the the beautiful thing with it was yeah, inside joke and we saying always Basically, it, any album could be our last. Any album could be a train wreck, a Chinese democracy without us realizing it. You know, the thing is with Chinese democracy is that it seems like the whole world moved on. We just pretended it didn't happen and uh, life went on for all of us. But for the artists, the artist is the only one who truly has to live with it for the rest of their lives. And then I find it, I hope Axel Rose loves Chinese democracy because I love each and every album and we are very sworn to always do whatever we want to do artistically come hell or high water. So, but, so that's how we started. But then it, it morphed into cause the audience was all aboard right away. They, they played along and helped, you know, make Avatar Country feel like a real place for a while there. So the album and the touring and the film and everything ultimately became the story about you know, our fans as much as ours and, uh, and, uh, and just our, the relationship we have with it, uh, to each other.
0: Yeah, that, that's such a beautiful thing too. Even I think I read something from you guys in your press release that uh, Avatar Country was the second largest indie album on its debut.
1: If you say so, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> no, like, I know Ryan who wrote the Pressley though, is great on researching those kind of things. So I believe him. We yeah, did, we did uh, a like nibble how- at the bottom of the Billboard Top 100, if I remember when, when it came out at least. So that's something, I guess, you know, but it was, again, a very cool experience and something that you can only do once. But then, of course, what also happens is we did it funny once, and now, now we got it out of our system. So before knowing anything about this album, we at least knew about Hunter Gatherer. We knew that at least from an aesthetic perspective, it's like, the next one's going to be real heavy, right? Yep. Uh, you know, okay. we, we, knew, we knew that much very early on, because we, then we had gotten all the Man Wars and Halloweens out of our system. We had gotten saying words like glory uh, a lot, all that and legend and all that we finally finally got to do that all the way you know because Mm -hmm. as i mentioned bands like halloween blind guardian hammerfall man all you know all that meant has meant a lot to me and to us so uh you know so finally we get to do a bit more of that but then it's also that ultimately going back to that we covered cannibal corpse and uh and vader and whatnot it started then it started to be like okay we need there's some darkness to explore also because growing up having learned to use being creative as some sort of healing process as therapy during avatar country was suddenly i was off my meds for two years so to speak you know, it was not seeing your shrink for two years. So the darkness had become quite compact once it was time to really process life and be more... Uh, I struggled to find a different word than serious because, well, more serious. Avatar Country was very sincere, but maybe serious is not the word for what it was. But now it was time to get serious again,
0: I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think you, you had a little sprinkle in it. Even I wrote down in my notes, uh, like, the, chapter four, The King's Harvest was pretty dark. And uh, yeah. I think that was, like, one of my favorite parts of the, the thing. It was just very creepy and heavy and everything. Kind of uh, to break up, uh, I don't know, like, the funniness in it. but uh...
1: Yeah, you no, know, of course, like, we didn't do a complete uh, 180 to remove all the heavy stuff either it's just it within what who we are and how we write it was pushing more towards you know germans with mullets than uh, other albums uh, that we have done before that but of course still still it's heavier than a lot of other music out there
0: Mm, true true i think what's beautiful too is like uh, for decades and decades people have been making concept albums and it's almost like you listen to the movie, but this one, it actually came to life with like visuals and everything. It's yeah, like it's, very it's few a, bands. It's do us
1: that. and Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, it's cool. Like even like you, you mentioned, like the Beatles are an influence too. I know they had their movies back in the day and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's just awesome. Like all these little seeds in you.
1: And, uh, yeah, Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. The Avatar Country makes more sense than Magical Mystery Tour. Imagine that.
0: <laughs> Hardest
1: Night is great, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I got to revisit that one. I watched it when I was a kid, but I remember enjoying it. But um, about the um, the new one, uh, Hunter Gatherer, is this going to be a concept as well? It-
1: no, uh, that was actually an important point because we did Feathers and Flesh as a concept album mainly initially because we didn't know what it meant to make a concept album so we did it for the challenge for the hell of it to step up our game so to speak but then the whole avatar country thing came together the way i just told you about so that kind of had to be a concept album so first time was a challenge second time it was an asset a method uh, third time it would have become a crutch you know uh, just some and uh, hindrance even even because suddenly have would have a method where you would lean on something So now we removed everything and started with a very blank page Again, we knew it's gonna be dark gonna be heavy and there was a sense of that There was a big picture that we were all striving towards without knowing exactly what it was except for a feeling It was kind of like having a painting in front of you that was slightly out of focus you knew it was there it was something there and the more songs we wrote and worked on, it started to become more and more focused uh, until we, you know, until hunter gatherer emerged, but there are some red threads there. There is, it's called hunter gatherer very much because of a book, uh, sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, uh, who, yeah, there's a lot to be said about that book. It's amazing. Um, but we, we are hunter-gatherers in the sense that we are, you know, this animal, this creature, homo sapiens, that has been the same animal, uh, you know, for, I don't know if, if it's hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of years, but evolution wired us to, and got us optimized to live in an environment as hunter-gatherers. And life was probably on an individual level, not bad. It was probably, you know, living the way we were meant to live in a, in a sense then we have evolved, uh, not as a species, but as, a, as, you know, thinking humans and created a more and more complex way of life. And it started with agriculture, which was great because we could feed more of us. So it was a success, recipe for success for the species. But on the individual level, we started to face some challenging of malnutrition, illnesses, arthritis, uh, back issues you know, just things like that, the more monotonous way of living and working compared to, you know, running around the woods, basically. And it also led to things like if you're more dependent on those grains to grow yourself, you need to store them for the winter. More Suddenly, different weathers became more dangerous. Starvation was more around the corner. And those storages were something you could desire from your neighbor and steal. So you needed guards, more weapons, more violence. You needed walls. Uh, you needed more children. A children, you had less breast milk to go around, you know, because you would have more children. So more wheat porridge, more milk, nutrition, more illnesses. So on an individual level, not so nice. And if we fast forward, the Industrial Revolution attracts people inside of factories doing even more monotonous uh, work, even more detached from our nature. Uh, you know on an in, on an individual plane, probably not a great thing, but we could feed more of us, so we could be more so good for the species then we if we fast forward to today, all in all for the last for quite a few decades at this point, at least post World War two probably post World War one things have started to turn around also for individuals for real where but now we are facing now we are living in this gilded high tech cage and we are ruining the climate, like making the planet unlivable for ourselves. And it's trying to understand where we are at while keeping in mind that we are exactly like the same creatures that our ancestors were. Yeah, yeah. And also, a lot of the album then deals with the fact that the problems, things are speeding up and we are in a hurry to change things. So we have to run faster than time to, you know, we have to outrun the cat- catastrophe we're creating and there's no point in looking back we can't be hunter-gatherers again you can't climb a tree and say you're a monkey and, th- you know, and think all oh, we'd be swell, we are beyond that point and we have to chase forward, we are currently living in the dystopian cyberpunk future that video games and stuff and movies and everything showed us in The 80s and 90s we are living that now and we seem to be in a fork in the road where we have a choice to either head forward to a dystopian mad max terminator 2 whatever scenario or go full star trek and i think that's our only chance to basically go star trek is
0: (laughs) get off this planet we're destroying type of thing
1: yeah you know or and turn things around down here first you know yeah
0: yeah, it's it's great to hear you break that down that way, and like I love that you get you're making an album with that uh, in mind too. It's it's something like just the human evolution is something I always like think about too, and like almost like what if we did this differently here and there, or even now times um like even though like I'm living in comfort too, but like the world is being punished in different sections i'm like are we doing it the right way but i'm not smart enough to come up with like another solution for it type of thing
1: exactly well we are definitely not doing it the right way but i don't think past ways were the right way either yeah um, we have again i think we have all the potential in the world to turn this around um, then you have the issue of if we waste time screaming we're screaming at each other a lot while if you go out in space and listen, it's awfully quiet around. We're not making the, the right kind of noise. it's the song Silence in the Age of Apes, for instance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, well, I, I can't wait to listen to this album. And uh, yeah, for people listening, it's coming out August the 7th. It's uh, getting close. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so you, you got the video coming out today um is there is there any other uh things you guys have been working on around this beyond the release
1: well yeah like as we can not tour we are keep thinking of things we can do to be entertainers because we are you know now we've been talking a lot about the artistic intentions behind everything and yeah it always has to begin with the music that's the core of it and we're very protective of that core once it's made and we start putting out there and then the show business side of what we do, the fact that we love the art of entertainment and to be performing artists, all that comes. And as we've been touching on, obviously we can't tour now. So I don't know, we are more present on YouTube than on our own. We have avatarcountry.com. That avatar country as a concept for albums, that's over, we're done with that. But the world keeps existing. Like it's basically, yeah, it's our fan club. At this stage, and there we are doing have done some special Q and As for the fans there, where you know being a lot with just the band, but also we had Jay Rustin, our producer, be there with me and answer fan questions and tell some stories. And we also do that with um, we will we have more stuff like that coming up. And we are working on the third music video as we speak, but I will not tell you anything about it but uh so you know silence and Age of apes is already out there colossus is out there and another one is coming and yeah we just had our umpteenth uh meeting about it and it's moving forward very nicely i'm very excited
0: ah very exciting times man and uh yeah it's uh like I mentioned, I just recently did this deep dive. I'm a new fan, and it's um, it was a pleasure to talk to you today and just pick your brain Likewise. on this. I think this conversation, like, made me even appreciate the things I appreciated to another level now. So, uh, oh, that's
1: I'm glad to hear. Thank you
0: once again. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, hope to catch you down the road once uh, you guys for start sure. touring well, again.
1: We'll play Toronto again one day. You know, just keep your hands clean and cough into your elbow all those things and and we'll be sure to to meet further down the road
0: hope you guys enjoyed that interview with johannes of avatar what a cool guy i really enjoyed that conversation like i mentioned a couple times their latest album hunter gatherer is out right now you heard a little snippet of one of their new tracks in the middle of this interview and now we're going to give you a full track this was the first single they released Handful of months ago, and this one is called Silence in the Age of Apes. Hope you enjoy, and I'll see you next week. Cheers! Yeah, lots of great episodes. I'm stoked!